In our culture, everything is based on success. But what is success and who to find it? That's the big question. Is it measurable? Can you obtain it? Can you dream it? Can you hold it? I'm on a quest to redefine how we view success, and I'd like to bring you on this journey. Welcome to Be Fulfilled. Welcome to Be Fulfilled. It's the real stories behind success. If we took money off the table, what would your answer be? My name is Tony Grebmeyer, and this is episode number 34. Today's guest helps women reclaim their bodies, health, and confidence, which positively impacts every aspect of their lives. Please welcome to the show, from London, our guest, G Footed. Thank you so much for that introduction, Tony. That was awesome. I'm very well. How are you? I am so, so fascinated by your story, kind of by how we got a chance to meet. We have mutual friends. I came to London earlier in the year, and you were gracious enough to come and meet me, sit down, and I just instantly kind of fell in love with who you are, how you show up, and what you're looking to help empower other people by, and so I was fascinated with that, and then I wanted the opportunity to interview you. So all of that cool stuff aside, (laughs) every guest gets to go through the same journey and the same process up Success Mountain. I asked the question, what is your definition of success? Such a good question. So for me, it encompasses a few different things. Firstly, because of what I do and what I'm passionate about, the feeling of feeling comfortable in my own skin, with my own body, feeling confident. And secondly, something I've also worked hard to achieve is being in a completely equal, loving relationship. And then thirdly, the freedom business-wise to work from anywhere in the world for myself so that that enables me to work around my family. So that would be my euphoria version of success. I love it. All right. So what I got from that really is so I got some freedom. I got the, the support too. I think that's really, really huge. And then the empowerment right? So really helping people see themselves maybe through wherever they're at on their journey and knowing that there's somebody there cheering them on, helping them to succeed, knowing that, hey, like you, I've been there. So let me share my experience with you. Let me show you some of my strength and I'll show you how if you stay dedicated to the process, you can get back to that vision of yourself that you've dreamed of, right? Would you say that's a little bit like that? Definitely. Thank you for (laughs) putting it in those words. Yes. All right. So what I'd love to do is a little background on you. Where'd you grow up? London. So I'm a London girl. I've lived here the majority of my life. I did a short stint in the US, which was really exciting for me. But yeah, I'm pretty much a London girl. All right. How was your life growing up? Any big challenges you faced? Anything that you had to overcome? Or was life pretty just go to school, get good grades and graduate? What was life like for you growing up? Yeah, I didn't have any huge challenges growing up. I'm one of three kids. I'm the middle child. Maybe I've got a little bit of middle child syndrome, (laughs) but nothing like no huge mountains I had to get over as as a child, no. What were your parents like growing up? Obviously, they should mostly probably still alive. What were your parents like growing up for you? Yeah, my parents, I guess, come from very different backgrounds. So my dad is Indian. My mother is English. And growing up, I guess I was in a family unit, which was in the traditional sense. So my dad would go out to work, be the provider. My mom stayed home with us and made sure the three kids were okay until we were like old enough to do our own thing. So I yeah, grew up in quite a traditional family home, I would say, in that respect. After school, did you all go off to a university? Because you said you ended I up didn't. in the US for a short period of time. That's why I was trying to figure some stuff out. No, no, that wasn't for university, no. So I finished my college 
exams and then I didn't go to university. I was in a rush to get into the city because where we lived in London was just on the edge of London. And growing up, we always like wanted to be on that commuter train. It's a stupid thing because now like I did it for 17 years and now I just like wanted to get out. But when I was young, I just wanted to go and work in London. So I started work age 18. So 17 years on a train, what kind of job were you heading to or coming from? In financial services industry, for 17 years, I did face-to-face sales in wealth management. So my clients were the individual wealth management companies, and I would sell into them investment propositions, investment platforms, that kind of thing. How was that freedom for you, like getting on the train every morning? Did you have like a specific kind of routine for you where you okay, I got my seat, got on my phone, got my laptop out? structured as much work as I possibly could. We just got out of a meeting just a little while ago. And I don't know if this paints a picture for you, but I felt like I'm always in a meeting. So by the time I get out of the meeting, then I have all this work to do. And by the time I finish my work, it's seven, eight, nine o'clock at night. And I feel like I'm yeah. stuck in that routine. Did you ever feel like you were stuck in that routine for those 17 years? Oh my goodness, completely. And the commute, I don't know how much you got on what we call the tube, the underground train in London. Did you get on that when you were here last? Yes. And I have a funny story around that. I'd be happy to share it with you. Yeah, let's talk about it. Well, there's no chance of sitting down or getting your laptop out on that thing. My goodness, especially in rush hour, you are like a sardine. You've probably got your head under someone's armpit. It's most unpleasant. So yeah, commuting for 17 years was tough. I forget exactly where it was, but my wife and my two teenage boys at the time, We were like trying to squeeze in like sardines (laughs) and Owen, which is my youngest myself, actually stepped on and the doors closed and the train went away. And sitting there was my wife and my my oldest and they're like their hands up and they're like, what the heck did you just do? So my phone quickly rang, international number. I pick it up. Why did you do that? I'm like, I didn't need to. (laughs) So we quickly got off on the next stop. They come and she's just looking at me like, I'm like, hey, I didn't close the darn door. I just got onto it. But I also realized that I could have done things a little bit better. So it reminds me of lead with the lady, help the lady get onto the train. Yeah, hold the door, wait for it. Yeah. So oh, I, was, bless. I, was, I was gently reminded that uh, maybe I needed to think about others first. And that was <laughs> just something that I remember about being on the train is like you were saying under somebody's armpit, like it's such a quick and you almost don't feel like yourself in a lot of ways because you're going through a process that is almost impossible to overcome because it's there in front of you and you're a part yeah. of it. Yes. And it's challenging even to listen to something. So I like to listen to podcasts. I like to listen to audio books and it's just noisy. There's announcements, you know, it's even quite challenging to do that. So you're right. You're kind of just consumed by the situation, unfortunately. So yeah, pleased to be out of that. How did you get off the tube? That's what I'd like to know. At 17 years, what was the thing that kind of was your aha moment for making a pivot or a shift in your life? It was a number of things that all happened at once, I think, or all happened gradually over, like I say, maybe a year or two year period. But I was, I remember feeling in that job, I'd been doing it for a long time. I'd had success. I enjoyed it when I was in my twenties. I enjoyed the freedom of it in my twenties. And then I got to the stage where I wasn't really learning anything new from that process. And I really did just feel like a number on a spreadsheet. And then of course, what happened was 2008, 2009, the financial markets crashing. And then the whole process was even more very much, you are a number on a spreadsheet. We're going to make redundancies. We're drawing the line here. You guys are out. And I got made redundant at at one firm. But before that, I'd already been feeling the lack of fulfillment really from my job. And I was already thinking about what can I do next? But where I was in the sales job, I really love people. I get my energy from people. I'm definitely an extrovert in that way. And I guess an understand, deeper understanding of people was something that interested me. So I got into coaching and I did a coaching qualification, but I didn't know at that time what I wanted to coach in. I sort of didn't know what I was qualified to do. (laughs) And then the redundancy, that's what led me to the States. So I had 
a bit of money in my back pocket. I had some time on my hands. I had a new coaching qualification. And off I went to live in America with a friend of mine to kind of figure all this stuff out. Wow. Okay. I got it. I, I love the piece of like, well, I'm going to coach. I don't really know who or what or how, but I just want to coach. Where does that come from? What need does that fulfill in your life? Like, where did you find that passion to want to help others? Yeah. I think, like I say, from the sales role, it's definitely about helping people understand what's going on in their business. So from a business coaching perspective, a sales role is a bit like that really, depending on what it is you're selling. So what we were doing was helping people understand what the challenges of the industry were, what was wrong with their business or what wrong with their business, what challenges they're facing in their business and how we can help them. So it's all about helping people in that respect. So when I went into learning more about understanding people and coaching, what I didn't realize was, was that I actually needed to understand myself. I actually coached myself through learning to help others which was amazing. You know, it's so crazy is I think a lot of people find I wasn't born into like, oh, I'm going to go coach people, right? I went through a system and processes and challenges and I came out the other side and then what I really felt, and that's why I'm going to pull that word empowerment. I felt empowered because of the support and the freedom that I received. That's how I can take your words so easy and put them into chunks that I can digest, right? As the audience listens, there's something that comes from obstacles, that are in front of us. And then once we see how we can get through them, which we all, it doesn't matter if it's death, life, whatever it happens, right? If we have the desire and the willingness and the care to do it, we can get through anything. That was another thing that I spent time sitting down with you in London, just chunking through kind of your life, talking from a baby, talking a marriage, talking about running an online business from coaching. I just see this just huge smile and gift that you have for the world. And really, I think that finding your passion is also finding your voice. And I think getting off the tube, getting into kind of what you love, you really are beginning to hone in on your voice, right? Would you agree? Definitely. And I'm still on the journey, I would say, but definitely the voice is getting louder and stronger, I would say definitely. Yeah. All right. So we mentioned marriage. So talk to us a little bit about how you met your husband. It was a little bit of a strange one, actually. So my background, obviously, in financial services, he has a parent, his mom is a wealth manager in the city. She was never one of my clients, but I did meet her on occasions at various uh, events. And she actually tried to set me up with somebody once. Wasn't my husband, though. (laughs) So I remembered her and like, and the name fits it. Obviously, it's a memorable name. And then a couple of years later in a bar, I bumped into Ben and we just got chatting and we had lots in common and all the rest of it. And he went home and he said, oh, mom, I've met this girl called G. And she sort of went through her phone and said, is this her phone number? And he was like, oh, that's really strange. Yeah, it's her phone number. <laughs> this is weird. Anyway, the person she tried to set me up with was an ex-next-door neighbor. <laughs> and anyway, I've ended up with her son. So there we go. <laughs> I like it. How long have you guys been together? We've been together coming up five years. We've been married coming up for two years. How's marriage been for you? Awesome. It's been amazing. Like literally like pinch myself happy. That's great. All right. So along the way, you ended up getting pregnant. And I want to talk a little bit about that story because I think in that story is also a little bit of you finding some more of your voice and then really some of your passion, right? Part of your business is you help women to reclaim their body's health and confidence, right? Which Mm -hmm. talks about positively impacting every aspect of their life, right? Yes. So how did you prepare for your marriage, like getting yourself kind of ready. Cause I know every woman's dream, right. Is that they want to look good in their wedding dress, right? Yeah. Did you go through a process or was it really easy for you to slide into your wedding day gown? Like what was that process like for you? 
Okay. So before my wedding, I'd already worked out how to kind of achieve or have like a body that I'm happy with, which took a while for me to work it out. But I was already there. So like I have a, a weight that I am, a weight that I'm confident with. I didn't realize as soon as I got engaged, as soon as the ring went on the finger and the date was set for the wedding, bridezilla is a word that literally I didn't think was going to appear, uh, like be me. <laughs> However, that came into fruition and it was interesting. So I became, I guess, interested in every aspect of how I was going to look. So my body, my hair, my skin, you know, you want to make sure you are absolutely your best on that day. So it was definitely a process that I went through and I absolutely enjoyed every second of it. And I just realized through going through that process, if I can help any other women to do and feel this way on their wedding day, then I'm going to just be so happy because it's such a magical moment. It's a one-off event. It's once in a lifetime and you are going to have pictures that literally last forever. I've got, you know, I'm sitting here on a call to you. I've got my wedding pictures around me here and I love them. And it's just one of those things that you are going to have forever. You want to show your grandchildren. It's going to be part of your legacy that you leave behind. I like that. All right. So marriage comes, then the idea of having kids yeah. And tell me a little bit about the journey through there. Now, as we climb up Success Mountain, I just want to let you know, you know, I think every person that I've ever interviewed, you know, around life and challenges and the things that they face, you know, it's, you said it already, it's a journey, like, right, you're, you're enjoying the journey, right? The journey is what it is. Yes. And you're having fun. So now here comes the opportunity for kids. And I know that you had some things pop up during this process, right? That caused... Yeah a little bit of you to kind of go sideways. And I want to talk too, and there's a preface for the whole reason of this discussion and how we've led us to this kind of opportunity as we climb up. This is a big climb for a lot of people to hear. And I want to just talk about it because it's also the obvious, like you've got through it. So there's been so much growth (laughs) that you've been able to empower, coach and teach and lead people through. So I'm very excited. And also, you know, I'm just, I'm proud to be able to be here with you today. So let's talk a little bit about the process of pregnancy. Okay. Yeah. That was a really interesting learning curve because I think from the outside, women for centuries have been making it look easy. (laughs) I think. So before I became pregnant, I just thought it was going to be relatively easy. So I look after myself. I'm healthy. You know, I I do all the right things nutritionally. I exercise. So I'd done the best I possibly could to put myself in a position to have a successful pregnancy okay I'd like put in the hard work beforehand and then your body is taken over and the first thing is like the tiredness in the early stages I wasn't sick in the early stages I was really lucky but the tiredness just hits you like bang (laughs) and then as you get bigger and bigger you can't sleep at night you know you can't lay on your back you've got to be turning around and then in the latest the very latest stage of labor for me after such a good labor in terms of how I was feeling I had a condition called preeclampsia which just hit me out of the blue, was not expected at all. All the way through, I was speaking with my obstetrician. You know, I'm on her low risk list. Even though I was older, I was 39 when I had my daughter. I was on her low risk list of, you know, anything going wrong. So I suddenly got to the stage in late pregnancy where I didn't feel too good, but still was thinking nothing of it. And so I'd been to a concert the night before. (laughs) So I'd had a relatively late night. I woke up the next day, I was extremely tired. Again, just thinking, well, of course, I'm going to be tired. I'm eight months pregnant. And then I looked at my ankles. My ankles were swollen. And again, I just thought this is normal pregnancy experience. Women get swollen ankles. So all of these things that were happening, I was kind of ignoring, if you like. And then a next day on, I woke up in the morning. I was getting ready and I realized I couldn't see straight. My vision had gone really blurry. And that was probably the scariest thing. And I sat down in the living room 
as calmly as I possibly could. And I said to my husband, I can't see. <laughs> With his eight-month pregnant wife, I think he was a bit shocked. But thankfully, we got good advice. We had a phone call, coincidentally, from his mum just to see how we were doing. And he mentioned that this is going on. And she was like, look, you've got your insurance. Call your obstetrician. Get it checked out. I'm getting a bit emotional now. <laughs> going back to that day. Ooh. So we did. We went to the hospital. And I'd give you a tissue just so you know. I would like oh hand you my tissue if it would help. <laughs> I got some. I got some. Yeah, let me just breathe a second. And yeah, I, I didn't pack a bag or anything, Tony. I'm seriously, I'm still thinking I'm fine. I'm fine. This is nothing wrong. I'll just pop in there for a checkup. So I got there. They put the blood pressure monitors on me. And I said, You'll think I'm fine. And it wasn't until I was in a room on my own with a doctor and they buzz, you know, like doctors speak to each other on these little buzzy things. And she says to the other person, I can't leave right now. I'm with an extremely ill patient. Wow. <laughs> and it wasn't until that moment that I realized anything was really seriously wrong. So that was that. I had preeclampsia. My blood pressure was off the scale, out of control. I was in a room, pinned to like lots of machines, heart monitors for me, for the baby. They're trying to bring it down. <laughs> With all different drugs, I tried three different types. Anyway, eventually it's under control. I'm still thinking in my head, I'm going home tomorrow. It's going to be fine. <laughs> my obstetrician finally arrives and says, um, we're going to have to deliver the baby. And I'm like, okay, <laughs> what are you talking about? She says either tonight or tomorrow. So literally Ben and I are like in shock and we're not prepared. <laughs> so this is the part we can laugh at because we had nothing. We had no cot. We had no car seat at home. So I didn't really know anything about this condition. And basically what happens if it gets to a dangerous state that I was in where the blood pressure can't be controlled, the only way to control it is to remove the placenta. So it's the placenta that kind of sends your whole blood system crazy, cardiovascular system crazy. And so obviously you have to deliver the baby to get to the placenta. So I was lucky because this happened to me at 35 weeks, which means Zara was pretty much developed by that stage but it can happen at 20 something weeks you know any time in your pregnancy so I just feel so grateful that we were where we were <laughs> and um I spent the night in the hospital Ben went home I didn't sleep because I were checking my blood pressure every three hours it's kind of hard you know when you're I've seen it happen people you go to the hospital you're like okay I'm gonna get a good night's sleep and it's this the opposite they come in every five ten minutes are you okay yeah I'm fine I just like to get some sleep I know, literally. Anyway, the next morning came and the um, emergency C-section was booked in. Ben turned up, off we went. We wheeled, like literally wheeled in the room next door. The operation was done. That was a totally surreal experience. But we heard her crying and that just made us all feel at ease. She was okay. <laughs> and then your process kind of, that was like the next chapter in this baby's journey to being born. And what we're going to yeah. do, we're going to take a quick break and we're going to talk a little bit about that. We're going to talk about your business. We're going to talk about juicingphilosophy.com. We're going to talk about how you help, you know, as we've been talking about women reclaim their bodies, their health and confidence. But we're also talking to somebody who I think has gone through that process themselves and who better qualify to coach other people than somebody who's gone through it and loves to empower and help others. So when we come back, we're going to be talking more about kind of this embodiment of freedom and the support and just empowering yourself to be able to do it and then know that you can help others to do it. We're going to be right back on the Be Fulfilled Show with today's special guest from London, G. Put It. Are you suffering from marketing dysfunction? Are you not able to perform online as well as you could when you were younger? 
Unable to keep up with the intimate demands of buying product, running offers, and shipping items to your customers? Say hello to Ship Offers, clinically proven to enhance the growth and longevity of your business. Get some today at shipoffers.com. My name's Tony Grebmeyer. We are back today with today's guest, G Footit, all the way from London in a, just a <laughs> kind of a cliffhanger of a moment where we're on the hill. We've got up to Success Mountain, and as we climb now, but everything looks good on the outside, and you know, I think that's my story too, right? I spent such a long time making sure everything looked good, but on the inside, something was wrong, and what was wrong was inside you was a baby like, I'm not coming out today, and you're like, yeah. so Ben and you, unprepared, go to the hospital. Now this baby is ready to go. You have some medical procedures. You get everything done, and you're like, cool, so now I'm going to be able to take my child home. And that's kind of where we pick up with today's story. Yeah. Two weeks later, uh, two weeks in uh, NICU, so special care baby unit. Two weeks in for me with the whole high blood pressure thing. Then we were eventually ready to come home. So that moment for us was wonderful. We were so ready to get out of there. Just wanted to get home and be alone with our baby. And for me, I was like, wow, like, like you say, in terms of a body transformation, I was doing it all over again, it felt like, because... A year where you're, what, nine months or eight months for me where my body was, the baby was the priority, not me. And then all the changes your bodies go through, I was like, okay, the first, my priority now is my baby. My second priority is getting myself back to physical health so that I can prioritize my baby. And so I guess I began my journey of what I'd already taught myself again from scratch. And it was a really great process to go through for a second time because for me, it was like, I know at the end of this, I'll be good. And actually the process was pretty quick second time round too. And so it gave me confidence in what I'm helping people with. It gave me confidence in myself. Would you say through this process, like the whole juice philosophy kind of was born because you probably have been doing it, but now more your emphasis is really on helping, you know, you to look and feel your best? Definitely. I think empowering myself Confidence is a big word that I use and is a big word that comes up with my clients because positively impacting every aspect of your life, like if you feel confident in yourself, you feel confident in your relationship, you feel confident at work, you feel confident, you know, everywhere else. So by creating the confidence in your body, it does impact everything else around you. And the shake that I went through through the birth of my baby knocked my confidence so much in a way that I never expected could have never imagined beforehand. So to build up my strength again and my confidence was really super important. Yeah, you know, the thing that I'm going through is kind of like from my very first encounter with you in a mutual group talking about building out sales processes and systems and structure. You So this confidence piece, but I think this accountability piece, right? This thing really mm. began to transform for you And I want to talk about, you know, juice philosophy. I was fascinated by it. You have a free three-day juice guide where you really show people and help people to say like all the stuff that you want is readily available. Let me give you some structure and some things around it where you can help people to kickstart their transformational journey, right? And I think that process, and then really you can come in and as a health coach and you can do some other things around kind of showing people some of the missing ingredients that they may or may not have, even in their foresight, like they can't even see it, but like, then you come yeah. in and you bridge the gap between the unknown and the known and you show them, Hey, let me, let me help you. And I love the fact that we're talking about how you and Ben have a healthy baby, how you have a thriving business, how you have 
this off of the tube for 17 years, how you have all these <laughs> amazing things that you've accomplished. But part of your journey is helping to educate other people. Who, and the empowerment piece is really big. I think the philosophy that you live through in the way that, you know, you revived your body and your mind, and you're really incorporating all of this into how you show up in the world. I think that to me is such a beautiful component that a lot of people don't get a chance to reflect on because they're so busy saying like, well, I want to get this so I can get there. And I'm like, but there's nowhere to get. And you're like, I know that's why I'm enjoying the journey. That's what this whole process for me with you today is about. You have a story. It's your origin. It's how you are, who you are, why you do what you do. And then through there, you've grown and now you're, you're sharing and showcasing your life in such a powerful way. I don't want to knock any of it. I want to thank you for sharing the tough stuff, the uncomfortable stuff, the stuff that really makes who you are. But today, I think you're stronger because you've gone through it. You've empowered women to say, look, I'm going through it or I will go through something. And if she can do it, I can do it. That's what I love about your story. That's why I love yeah. sitting with our friend that you met there, a fellow person from London, Adol, and you got a chance to just sit and learn. And you were like teachable. And I love that. I think that is such a beautiful um, makeup of who you are. Thank you. <laughs> All right. Definitely. So I want to talk about your juice business and where this really came as a passion to really help you in your coaching business and the platforms. I mean, look, one of the things when I go and say, who is this person that I'm going to interview? What is so phenomenal about this person? And I begin, I go, because she's like my neighbor. She's the person that I want to break bread and get to know and, and have. She's down to earth. She's not this person with a huge ego. She's like, hey, I'm like you. I've been through the trials and the tribulations and I want to help you. And you know, you're the founder at the Wedding Day Body Plan, also at Juice Philosophy. So I want to talk a little bit about how this juice business became something that you're so passionate about. Yeah, absolutely. So at the time when we, if we went back to when I came to live in the States, that after redundancy, I was single. I was in my thirties. I knew I wanted to have children. I guess I was a little bit desperate to sort my life out at that time because I felt unconfident and overweight. And I knew I wanted to start family. I needed to be confident to meet the right person. And I guess I kind of took desperate measures to kind of fix my body, if that makes sense. So we've all done a crazy fad diet before. I tried hundreds of these over the years, all of which failed, all of which just made me yo-yo diet, yo-yo diet constantly. And juicing, when I first found it back then, it wasn't that accessible in the UK. You had to go on a retreat. So I paid a lot of money to go there for a week. I did a five-day juice cleanse. I lost five pounds. But what else it gave me literally has changed my life. So it gave me clear skin. It gave me a peaceful, clear clarity of mind. It enabled me to sleep at night and so much more. So literally I was like, wow, how can changing what you put in your body affect you this powerfully? And so the results I got from that juice cleanse just then sent me on a path of discovery down the nutrition line. So I was in the States. I was living with my friend, deciding what I wanted to do with my coaching qualification. And I kept doing juice cleanses to get the peaceful clarity and calm you know, mind to make some really good decisions. And then I was like, bingo, the light bulb went off. This is what I want to help people achieve. I want to help people feel the way I feel when I've done a juice cleanse. So that was the start of the journey. When I came back from the States, I set up a, a local juicing company, delivery business, just in my local area. Absolutely loved meeting the people on the doorstep, delivering the juices. And then I realized that I kept getting repeat customers, which I was obviously pleased about from a business standpoint, but from a, I want you to stop yo-yo dieting for good standpoint, I was feeling like I was not giving them enough information. 
Right. And I had found the whole process quite difficult myself to uncover in my own research. So I had to do, you know, nutrition qualifications really to uncover why a juice cleanse is so effective. And so what I've now created is an online program. One is just for juicing and one is like a more holistic coaching program. So what it helps people do is understand what happens in the body when you juice or when you eat certain foods. You don't have to juice to do a detox. You can do it with food too. So I have a three-day clean eating challenge. I have a 5-2 diet guide. There's many ways that we can actually be kind to our body. And so whatever is within your comfort zone, then that's what you should do. Because if you think it's going to be hard going in, it will be hard. (laughs) So I coach people to help them get their head in the right place before they go into these things anyway. I love it. So what we're going to do is we're going to drop some resources in the show notes today. So if you're listening to this on a train and maybe you're fortunate not to be under somebody's armpit, on the street, <laughs> I uh, hope so. You can go to TonyGrubmeyer.com. You can type in G and you'll get right to the information. You'll be able to see all of the amazing resources. We'll put the free guide in there for you as well. The thing that I just, I want to say, you know, your husband is super supportive through all of this. And I know that every time I ever talk about Ben, your smile on your face brightens. I know that your baby is like this just awesome connection between two people that now this is something that was created. So I love the fact that you are just helping people with life and you're so passionate about what you do. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to transition us from up Success Mountain down a little bit of Success Mountain. But before we jump into the fulfillment round, I would love to know a few things that from you, not me, that you have discovered about yourself through this kind of process. Maybe being on the show today, but the process maybe of just some of the things that you've overcome to get to where you're at. Because remember in the very beginning of this, you had a very normal upbringing, great parents, life was easy, middle child, but you've gone through (laughs) some amazing things that brought you to where we're at today, right? So these are like life's challenges. They don't have to be bad. They just have to be something that you learn. And I have a really simple statement that goes something like this. Chase the wins, study the lessons, and never quit. So I want to just ask you like, mm. what are a couple of things that you've been able to discover about yourself, maybe through this process of just sharing today that's been helpful for you? To bounce back from things, to stay on track, to keep moving towards you know my version of freedom, of success. And it absolutely lights me up inside to help other people achieve positivity in their own body, you know, in their own lives too. So for me, it's, it can be a challenging path because I don't like, you can't see the way I can't see the way, but I know that continuing down the path or like just recalibrating all the time in the satellite navigation system or however you want to view it going forward. I just know I'm just going in one direction. Perfect. All right. So what we're going to do is we're going to jump into the fulfillment round. These are a bunch of random questions that I either A, heard or just want to ask you. There's no phone a friend. There's no who wants to be a millionaire. There's no right or wrong, but I just ask (laughs) you if you don't know, get really good at being creative and make up something fascinating. (laughs) Everybody in to go, oh my God, did she just say that? So I want you to be you, but I want you to play and have some fun. So if you're ready, like I said, I don't even know what these really are. This is really going to be role-playing off of <laughs> first answers and, and questions that I bring to you, all right? Are you ready? Sure. Are you nervous I at am. all? First flavor you experimented with when you decided to start juicing. Like, What's like the first thing you wanted to try, <laughs> and then I want to know, how did it come out? <laughs> That's a great question. Oh, my gosh. I don't know. My juice flavors are all themed on LA name. Like it's themed in LA. So like my best one is called Beverly Hills. (laughs) So that is like a rich chocolatey 
cashew nut shake thing. I guess there was quite a few trial and errors and you can imagine the color of that. So like a blender exploding incident with brown liquid definitely happened in my kitchen. (laughs) Flavor wise, it did take a little bit of time and effort. The other flavor that was challenging, I've got one called red carpet, which has got beetroot in it. That one, the balance is really super important. If you have too much beetroot, it's just so earthly, tasty, you know, like you feel like you're drinking mud. But to get the balance right, it's absolutely delicious. All right. You and Ben, it's any night you can get a a little peaceful, quiet time, you two. It's Netflix and chill evening. You've had a great day and your go-to cheat snack or rewarding kind of dessert would be what? Dessert. Oh, I'm a chocoholic. I've got to say, I just mentioned even, even in my healthy drinks, I've made a chocolate one. So for me, chocolate, anything chocolate, so do you like ice favorite. cream? Do you like chocolate bars? Do you like s'mores? Do you like cake? Like, give me a specific thing that you love. Cho- I love chocolate, but I have like, if you bring me a piece of chocolate cake, there used to be a place called Claim Jumper where I used to live and they had something called like the mother load. And it was, a slice <laughs> that was like at least a foot long. And it was like, not a little sliver. Cause anytime that somebody's serving cake, I'm like, <laughs> And I have like the biggest piece you can put on my plate. That's the size of cake that I like. And it has to be moist. It has to be like, got to have some vanilla ice cream, vanilla bean, gelato. It's got to have something to kind of offset some of the chocolate. So what kind of chocolate dessert would be something that would like just be as expressive as I just gave as my example? Something that would just light you up. Oh my gosh. Yeah, I'm having that. If it's on the menu, I'm having that kind of thing. Okay, so it would either be a warm hot chocolate fondant or a warm chocolate brownie. So a similar thing. So like a bit squidgy, a bit, yeah, soft in the middle, warm, and then ice cream, either vanilla or salted caramel ice cream. You know, remember people, we were talking about how she helps reclaim their bodies, their health, and their confidence. <laughs> so I want you to know I eat, you I eat have, these things too. <laughs> you have the most incredible life and have all those things, a little sliver of cake in between <laughs> or dessert isn't bad, right? Um, exactly. You were talking early on about living in the US, right? And then you named some of the kind of flavors and ingredients and everything behind specific things like Beverly Hills. You also talked about the red carpet. What are some of the other flavors or names you've been able to create for your products? So I got it. So it's juicing. Okay. These are the juice names. So A-list is the super green, like no sugar, um, celery, cucumber, kale, all of that stuff. So that's called the A-list because that's what all the A-list celebrities do when they're slimming down for their film. (laughs) Um, I've got red carpet. So that one has lovely beetroot in. So it looks like a bright red. Orange and carrot, I just called the OC because that's kind of the area. Um, paparazzi. Paparazzi is like a nice pineapple, nice. cucumber, nice. kale. I would call yeah. nice about the paparazzi. I hear more stories about how people don't have any <laughs> privacy around the paparazzi. Well, maybe that's true. It has got kale in. Not everybody likes kale. So we'll Does it have any kale is the in ca- it? Like anything that's little pricks, you know, like... <laughs> I'm going to redo the recipe just for you. (laughs) Okay. It is time for you and your family to go out on the town. What places around London would you find yourself, you three, visiting if it was just an afternoon stroll on a Sunday, if it was out with friends? Like, where are some areas that you just love to go visit? That's what I love about London. I just love all the little different little towns. And I love the fact that there's so much culture where you're at too. Yeah. Wow. Well, we have just moved. We've moved into central London. So we are lucky enough to live in an area with a couple of really cool places to walk to. So the first place we love to walk to, well, we live right by Tower Bridge. So that's probably the most famous bridge in London, Tower of London. 
So just walking past that every day is super exciting. Just next to the bridge is a place called St. Catherine's Dock, where all the rich and famous people's yachts are moored. And there's lots of nice shops and bars there. Across the other side of the river is a place called Borough Market, which is amazing. Fridays and Saturdays mainly is their um, like food market. And that is incredible. If you're hungry, go there and just try everything. It's amazing. <laughs> Look, I like food and I love dessert. So you, you're speaking right to my heart and I haven't had lunch today. So I'm, I'm hungry right about now. And I'm probably going to find a place to go have a piece of chocolate cake. So thank you for all of that for me. Best destination you've ever had a chance to go and explore, visit. You could have got on a plane, got on a train. You could have ridden a bus. Where's the best place you've ever gone and why? Ooh, um, best place we've ever explored. Probably Sri Lanka was an exciting place to explore. Absolutely beautiful country. The coastline is very rough and ready. And I went there years and years after the tsunami had hit and there was still, you could still see the devastation that happened in that country. So they are a country of people who are just so grateful for everything they have. They're so grateful for the tourism. They're so grateful for anybody that goes and spends their money there. And oh, just a beautiful country, beautiful food. All right. So we have made it through the fulfillment round. I learned a little bit more about you. I learned a little bit about some things that light you up, bring you some excitement. What we're going to do is we're going to put all of today's discussion, all the things that we discussed, all the kind of things that we shared from the philosophy of our juicing links so you can figure out how you can get that guide. Also about your wedding day stuff. And I just want to say thank you. Thank you for being transparent. Thank you for being honest. Thank you for being who you are, how you show up. You are bright light in a, in a really amazing world. So thank you for sharing. Thank you for showing up and just sharing who you are with us today. I'm certainly honored. I love the fact that I've met you in person. You're not just somebody I've met on Facebook or I'm in a group with. I've got the opportunity to, to spend time with you. And I, and I love what you're passionate about and how you want to help people. So I'm certainly excited for that. One piece of advice that you have learned on your way is the last question I'd love you to share today. Something that has literally been kind of at the forefront or in the back of your mind when you step into anything you do that maybe you've heard along the way that's super helpful for others. Probably listen to your body. Like, so the saying your gut feeling is just probably the thing you should listen to the most, whether that be for your health and your fitness or a business relationship or anything like that, your gut feeling is usually correct. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that is G Foot It. And we have wrapped up the Be Fulfilled show. Like I said, all the show links and everything you need are going to be available in the show notes. I am just honored. Um, anytime I get to step behind the mic and, you know, record a conversation, you know, what I'm really getting is a glimpse into just some of their life. And today I felt like we climbed, we came down the mountain, we learned some of the ups and downs, but we stayed true to the empowerment, the support, and the really, as G wraps up saying, you know, listen to your body, right? And I also believe we should listen to our heart and our mind because all of those things encompass who we are. And so thank you for doing that. And until next time, my name is Tony Grubmeyer. And I just want you to remember just this one thing, no matter where you go, no matter what you do, choose to make today the best day of your life. Thanks for listening to today's show. But before you go, let me ask you a question. How would you like to be the architect of your journey in this game we call life? Take the next step now at drainersanddrivers.com and download my free mini course designed to give you more clarity and freedom in your day. It might just change your life forever. Forever.